Warning, Jason's Talking Time contains some content that may be unsuitable for people under the age of 18 or people who are easily offended by the slightest innuendo. Listener's discretion is advised. However, if you tune in anyway and get offended, please do not send any letters. If you do, I will just crumble them up and throw them in the trash. This is Jason's Talking Time with Jason Kitts. Good evening, good evening, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jason Kitt, and you are tuned in to another edition of Jason's Talking Time. And we appreciate you listening to the show, whether you're listening to it on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Podbean, or Spreaker, or TuneIn. We are available on all of those formats, so you can listen to us anytime you like. So you may not even be listening to us in the evenings. However... Good evening is sort of a verbal tick that I have, so that's just what I say to open up the show. But if you would like to suggest a new type of greeting for me to give at the beginning of the show, please message me on Twitter or Facebook and let me know what kind of sign-on phrases you might like to hear for a change. I'm always open to suggestions. I tell you, the content writes itself. This podcast. There's another beef happening in the world of Black Twitter, and this time it is against two artists who have been in the game for over 50 years. That's right. Aretha Franklin and Dionne Warwick have a beef going on. And it's pretty intense and sad at the same time because this is Aretha responding to something that happened five years ago. Now, we all know Aretha was supposed to appear at Whitney Houston's funeral. And for those of y'all who aren't up to their R&B trivia, Dionne Warwick was Whitney's first cousin. Their mamas were sisters. Dionne Warwick was the MC, so to speak, at Whitney Houston's funeral. And I guess she wasn't told that Aretha wasn't at the funeral, wasn't at the, the church, even though it had been announced in the news that Aretha wasn't going to be there. Her reasoning was due to a leg injury, an ankle injury, or something like that. But my guess is the real reason was that she was just too broke up to 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 attend. Because, you know, Aretha and Whitney were just like that. I mean, Aretha loved Whitney like her own. So I can imagine just, and she was supposed to sing too. Now, I know Alicia was broken down. Maybe Wines was broken down. They got through their performances but I guess Aretha probably doesn't have what they have. But anyway, getting back to the whole beef. Dion introduced Aretha Franklin 
and the people in the church applauded, thinking, all right, Aretha getting ready to tear the house down. And then somebody whispered in Dion's ear saying, oh, Aretha's not here. And she was like, well, okay. Next person, come on up. And the thing that gets me is this is five years after the fact. So I don't understand why Aretha's bringing this up. I don't know if she's trying to prove she's still relevant, which is something she really does not need to do. Aretha is the queen of soul. I mean, she, her music is going to live forever. I mean, there are people who don't know R&B music, don't know soul music, but they know Aretha. She is a powerhouse. And she is much better than that. But apparently Aretha has been throwing shade for years. She was apparently the Nicki Minaj of her time. Although 10 times more talented, so to speak. Because there's this guy on Twitter by the name of Luther Vandross. I recommend you follow him if you want to see stories from different artists throwing shade at Aretha or artists that Aretha has thrown shade at over the years. There are several stories about her shading Gladys Knight, Chaka Khan, Mavis Staples, and the late Natalie Cole, whom apparently was traumatized by one of the times that she shaded her. I just checked that out. Though I must admit, you know, Aretha... She's always been kind of private about her affairs because I read her book in high school from these roots and a lot of stuff that was in that book was a lot of it was just sugarcoating. because all this great stuff happened to me. And it's like, I went to this place. I did this. I did that. I recorded this song and then I developed a fear of flying and all that stuff. And it didn't really get into any of her dark side whatsoever. I mean, I've heard several rumors about Aretha Franklin. Some of it's been confirmed to be true. Some of it hasn't. I mean, she was abused just as bad as Tina Turner by her first husband. I mean, there was a rumor. Thank God this was proven not to be true that her father, C.L. Franklin, actually raped her. And he fathered Aretha's two oldest children. Again, that was proven to be false. As a matter of fact, for years, the identity of the father of Aretha's first two boys was unknown. Until just a couple of years ago, when David Ritz, whom wrote From These Roots with Aretha, decided to make another book telling all of the juicy shit that she left out of the first book. I haven't read that one in its entirety yet. It's like I go to Barnes and Noble and I thumb through it. But I can imagine it's a good read. I mean, David Ritz has written some good books in the past. So But anyway, and the fact now this is a true Old school beef. And I'm going to tell you how old school this beef is. They are beefing via facts. 
I mean, they are literally going to Kinko's, FedEx, just to throw shade. Apparently, their children and grandchildren haven't taught them how to use Twitter. I'm guessing their social media managers handle their Twitter pages. So I guess they can't go in and do like Donald Trump and just tweet. So it's like facts. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're still getting used to to doing facts. It, it's pretty. It's pretty sad though. I know Aretha. You know she's a queen of soul. She's a diva, and Dionne Warwick—they're all the original divas. But I figure, you know, since they old school and from better times, that they they knew better. Apparently, I was wrong. I guess that's just something that's been happening ever since the phonograph was invented and people started buying physical copies of music. There's just been rivalries since then. There'll probably be rivalries until the end of time. Go figure. As a podcaster and a comedian and a writer, I do a lot of great stuff that I'm hoping to one day profit off of. But for the time being, I'm still having to make ends meet as a delivery driver for a very well-known food service company. And I have to tell you, I have been running into a lot of people who think that it's okay to tip a certain amount of money that really is not okay, especially as of recently, because tax season, people just got refunds. Surely you have more than enough money to give a decent tip. Now, I understand we live in hard times and people are just barely making it and have to scrape together whatever money they can just to afford to pay for their food. But there is a saying in the restaurant industry where if you can't afford to tip, you can't afford to go out to eat. Plain and simple. And that's regardless of whether you are at a restaurant or if you are having food delivered, having anything delivered, if you are riding in a taxi or a Lyft or an Uber, if you can't afford to give the driver some sort of tip for their service, and a decent tip at that. Just stay your ass at home. I got this little article. Courtesy of Grubhub.com. Which a lot of people. Use for food delivery. If they're not in the mood for pizza. Or Chinese. Or anything else that otherwise would have. Delivery service on their own accord. This article called the. Essential Guide to Tipping Your Delivery Driver. And of course, it talks about the staple, da-da-da, business as usual. This is what Grubhub suggests. If everything goes smoothly with your delivery and the weather is good, 20% is the standard cost of having the meal brought to you at your doorstep. It also goes on to say, never tip less than five bucks. Now, I've heard very different sources on what's the minimum to tip. Like some sources say 10% is good. 
Other sources say $5. And some sources even say $3. But I'm going to be reasonable. It's like when I take a delivery, where I work at, the deliveries, most of my deliveries are not that expensive. It's like the average cost of the food that I deliver is $15. So the tip that I require, the bare minimum, is $2. $2. Not even a whole $5. $2. Not $1. Not a dollar fifty. Not a dollar seventy-five, not a dollar eighty-five, not a dollar ninety, two whole dollars. Anything under two dollars is unacceptable for what I do. Now you might deliver pizza or Chinese, or you might work for a catering service where yes, two dollars is definitely not gonna cut it. And I definitely would say $5 is the bare minimum. That is, if 20% isn't more than $5. Because nobody should ever order $500 worth of shit and tip $5. That is just beyond tacky. And I've seen that happen firsthand. It has happened to me many times. I used to work for a company that did a lot of catering business. And I would have to go to all of these government buildings, a lot of schools, and a lot of big corporations. And they would order $600 worth of food, $700 worth of food, and not even tip $0.07. That's bullshit. And they would make up all of these excuses as to why they can't tip. Like, it's on the government's card. It's on the principal's card. It's a corporate check. So we cannot write in a tip for you. I'm sorry. Not going to cut it. Not an excuse. Because if you are paying with a company credit card, and you cannot tip, and you got food that you are dividing amongst 20 people, y'all need to take a hat, pass a hat around just like they do at church. Everybody put in a dollar or two dollars or whatever you want to put in for the tip, and then give the hat to the driver before he leaves. That is how you do it. You don't just say, well, I'm sorry, I wish I could. Bullshit. There's a reason why pickup orders are an option at many of these locations. So that if you are too cheap to to have the food delivered, you can bring your ass to the restaurant and get it yourself. And save me a trip. And save me some much needed gas and wear and tear on my vehicle. And that's another thing. Not everybody who delivers food is driving a car. Some people come on a bike. Some people come on a scooter. Some people actually walk to their deliveries. And even those who drive. 
I mean, where I live, there are a whole bunch of crappy roads full of potholes and speed bumps. And that is depreciating my car tremendously. It's like, you, you think of firefighters risking their lives going into burning buildings and saving cats off a tree. You think of police officers risking their lives. You think of soldiers risking their lives. I mean, delivery drivers risk their lives too. Because we are driving our vehicles in all types of weather, rain, sleet, snow, hail. We are sharing the road through all types of traffic and running into all different kinds of morons who just have no business behind the wheel of a fucking car. And not to mention, there are some drivers who actually borrow their car. Some people actually rent their cars just to work. So... Pretty much, they have to make $75 in tips in order to make a profit. And after deductions, expenses, they only walk away with maybe $30 if they're lucky. So that's just something else for you cheap bastards to think about if you think that tipping your driver is a reward and not a requirement. And another thing, those catering people I was telling you about, they know that these people are a bunch of cheap bastards, yet they would continuously send drivers to them anyway, not giving two fucks whether you make any tip or not. Because a lot of companies, a lot of, a lot of restaurants will do that. If a driver complains to a customer's face about not getting a tip or even so much as grimace at some customers, they will get in trouble for it. They will reward customers for being tightwads and punish the driver for telling the customer that they're tightwads. Again, that has happened to me firsthand. And it sucks. And one more thing I got to point out. That little delivery fee that you see on your tickets. We don't get none of that. So if you think, well, he already getting $5 for the delivery fee. So I'm just not going to tip him. You are sadly mistaken. And that happens more often than you think. So now you know we don't get none of the delivery fee. So if you see a delivery fee and you assume, well, oh, the driver's going to get a nice $5 just for coming to my house. Not happening. To be honest, you're lucky if you even get a whole dollar for going to somebody's house. The way some restaurants do DMR. So, there you have it. All right, now, I just needed to vent. 
for a second about my job. And I appreciate you for listening to me vent this week on Jason's Talking Time. And please come back again next week to hear me vent some more about a different topic. And in the meantime, please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook. And keep tuning in on iTunes, on Spreaker, on SoundCloud, on Podbeam. And also check out our Patreon page. It's a brand new way to leave a donation to our program. And everybody who donates gets the show a day in advance. Plus, we're also working on getting some other nifty prizes for people who donate high, high amounts. Alrighty, so this is going to wrap things up for Jason's Talking Time. Thanks for tuning in. This is Jason Kitt signing off. Have a good night.